Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Check, check, check. Yup, it's the Bootleg Head Podcast officially checked in. I believe it's episode number 15, man. Uh, I hope everyone's enjoying a crazy-ass week. You know, we out here in Cali. Fires are everywhere. Country's going to shit. Oh, Donald knew about the goddamn COVID way early. It's just, man, shit is crazy. Um, we got a really dope episode coming next week. With MC8, um, the legendary uh, LA rapper. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Um, also, just want to shout out to everybody who's been leaving reviews on um, on Apple uh, Podcasts. <clears throat> if you haven't done that, man, please go on there, leave a review. I prefer five stars, but you know, any feedback is definitely wanted. And, and speaking of feedback, if you got any feedback on the podcast, um, just like hit me up, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Um, appreciate everyone who who tags and and um, shows love, but uh, yeah, just get at me Twitter, Instagram at BootlegKev. If you have any feedback, a um, lot of dope music out. I just want to give a lot of love and and, and acknowledgement uh, to Big Sean's album, one of the best albums of the year. I think I already gave this album a lot of love, but I want to do it again. Um, Hit Boy is on the podcast today. Now, he executive produced Big Sean's album. He also put out two albums this year, uh, one with Dom Kennedy in August, another album with uh, him, him himself and him, um, the Chauncey Hollis Project. Those are both albums that he's producing and rapping on. Then he executive produced Nas's King's Disease and executive produced Big Sean's Detroit 2. And coming next month, there'll be a Benny the Butcher and Hit Boy album called Burden of Proof. So I just want to acknowledge the 2020 that um, today's guest is having. Also, uh, shout out to Alchemist, um, just because if we're shouting out producers who have had amazing 2020s, I feel like Hit Boy and Alchemist are the two guys you got to talk about. Alchemist put out a whole album with Boldy James, whole album with Conway, whole album with Freddie Gibbs. Jesus, that motherfucker's working. Shout out to ALC. Shout out to Hit Boy. Shout out to our sponsors. All right. Um, we have got uh, two amazing sponsors, possibly adding more soon. But shout out to Vapen. Make sure you go to vapencbd.com. That's V A P E N C B D.com. Get you some CBD oil. Um, go on there and uh, use the keyword bootleg cab, and you're going to get 20% off at vapencbd.com. You can also go to uh, vapingmerch.com, vapingclear.com, and hit that lovely Herbal Wellness Center on the west side of Phoenix if you're in Arizona. Also, shout out to our, our uh, official sponsor, Odd Socks. All right, man, they're always showing us love. Shout out to Odd Socks um, for having the most comfortable socks in the world and some of the flyest socks that you could ever put on your feet and some awesome masks, too. If you need a mask, man, I, I've been rocking the Street Fighter one. Um, shout out to Odd Socks. 
Um, look, they got Nickelodeon, WWE, uh, Goodfellas, all kinds of just amazing socks. So go get you some at uh, oddsocksofficial.com. Keyword bootleg Kev. Again, keyword bootleg Kev. You get 20% off at oddsocksofficial.com. And if you support our sponsors, that's kind of a way you can support what I'm doing. Um, this is obviously my own platform. You know, I do the radio thing, but this is a platform that I have 100% ownership in. And I'd appreciate any support with our partners. So I appreciate that. And um, look, we got a big episode today. Uh, I've known Hit Boy going on whew, probably eight or nine years. Um, very close with Audio Push from IE. Shout out to um, Price and Octane. Those are my brothers right there. I've known them for about 10 years. And I met Hit Boy through them. They were um, on HS87, and um, I had a bunch of uh, dope days going over to Hit Boy's house in Tarzana. He had a house called the House of Hit, and it was where him and everyone on his label lived. And um, yeah, man, it was just real dope. And, and Hit Boy's always been one of my favorite producers, and I just feel like he hasn't got a lot of his just due. Um and I feel like that's starting to change. I think that battle with, against Boy Wonder started to help that a little bit. But salute to Hit Boy. He is on the podcast today. Again, thank you to everybody for tuning in. I'm, I'm also curious, um, anybody who's listening to this, tweet me or Instagram DM me and let me know what other type of guests you'd like to see on the podcast. We've been going heavy with the rappers, uh, producers, you know, all that. But I'm really trying to switch it up. You know, we had my boy Chappelle Lacey on the show who's a comedian. So we're going to try to get some more comedians on. Um, but yeah, just like what kind of uh, guests would you like to see on the show? There's a potential Patreon that we're working on where we're going to do like an extra episode every week that you can subscribe to our Patreon to listen to. And thinking about kind of leaning more in the music industry aspect on that. So we're like, we talk to a lot of industry insiders, managers, um, just people behind the scenes, record executives, A&Rs, all that to just kind of just give people a lot of game. So let me know what kind of content you want us to do on the Bootleg Head podcast. And I thank everybody who's been listening. We dropped the Dizzy Wright and Demrick episode that's out. Um, and the week before that, we dropped the Gashi episode. If you did not listen to that Gashi episode, it's one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. So even if you're not a Gashi fan, it's just a great combo. Go check it out. Today, though, it's about Hit Boy. Shout out to Hit Boy, man, the legend himself. Let's get into this podcast. It's a bootleg cab podcast, episode number 15 with Hit Boy. Turn this up. Congratulations on, on everything. Thank you, bro. Just locked in, man. You already know, man. I just been I've been seeing a lot of love. A lot of people add me on IG, add me on Twitter, just like, man, you you going crazy. And it's like I feel like I've been in this pocket, but I guess it just takes a minute for everything to catch up. Yeah, it's interesting because Obviously, you and Sean have been working on Detroit 2 for a long time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Since 2018. Yeah. I feel like, you know, this has been highly anticipated. How, um, how long ago did you and Nas decide to fully connect for King's <clears throat> Disease? It's crazy because, like like you said, we, we was working on Sean album for a minute. Uh, we was already in a groove with that. So I was just, you know, from talking to him every day, working on his records and listening to records that wasn't mine, but that he was going to put on the album because I'm executive producing it. I just got so deep in a bag that by the time me and Nas linked, was was it was only February of this year. That was oh, six, six months ago. I mean, That's well, crazy. it's fucking September. Right now, before so. the pandemic. Right before the pandemic, that's what's crazy about King's disease. People think it's like, oh, they, they took the COVID shit. But we, we cut all the King's disease before this shit cracked up, before we was all in the house, before all the corona, all that. So, um, yeah, we, we, we connected in February and just did a record. And we just kept doing songs. And before we looked up, we had an album. And it didn't even take long to get the base of it, like maybe a couple weeks max. Wow. Um, I want to dive into everything that's going on in the last year, but I kind of want to also touch base on 
you know, a lot of people who are watching this might not know your come up, might not know where you're from. You're from, you're from Fontana, right? Man, I'm a 210, baby. I'm from between Pasadena and the IE, so I stayed all over the IE, but <clears throat> I stayed in Pasadena until I was 13. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So I just call myself a 210, baby. I'm back and forth. Off the 210, man. Mm hmm I take that I take that freeway every time I go back home to Phoenix. Take the two ten. But yeah, so um you started getting into music. Was it first as a producer? Was it first as a rapper? Like how was your introduction into the into just just Man. creating? <clears throat> Man, I um I was always into it, but when I was like thirteen I just like Picked up a pen and a pad, and I was just like, man, I'm, I don't know what the hell I'm about to say, but I'm about to just try to get something out. And I just, every day I was on it, just writing. I used to fill up notebooks, just like, you know, rapping all type of whatever, just anything I could think of. And then I finally got to the point where I could record. So that's when I met this kid in Rialto. Um, this nigga was making beats, recording himself, Acid Pro, FL, 3 Bro, so we was making albums and he was doing all the beats and then after a while I just started messing with it, playing. I was just playing around like, and I was just like, this shit pretty fun. So I just kept going in and after a while, like I was heavy on you know video games and shit. So yep. I I, just, I I replaced you know video games with beats and I just kept making beats every day. I I was playing basketball. I played my whole ninth grade year and I I was we was practicing for you know my my the this the next season. And bro, over a weekend, I like got a computer, set up the FL, and I went to school the next week. And I was like, "Yo, I'm not, I'm not coming back to practice, bro. I'm about to be on these beats." And this is 2003, so they looking wow. at me like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Yeah, beats. Yeah, you know what I'm saying like that's a one. That's in a, early. You get a one. It's a one in a million chance you're gonna. Well, make that's it. like early free loops. Was that? That's around the time ninth had probably made like like little brother started to pop. Man, that shit was like FL 3.5. Like it was just I can't even remember the function. Nationalities, but I don't think you could do a whole lot back then. So you pretty much replaced all of your extracurricular shit, video games, sports, sports. I'm mm -hmm. going all in on beats, on just music. I was making albums, I was recording, I was writing, I was making beats. Just, but I'm glad I stuck to like the sonics of it early in my career. Just like, cause I feel like you get a longer life when you locked in on the sonics of it. Like being a rapper, you get a certain shelf life. So you know what I'm saying? Everybody don't last forever with that. But making beats, you could catch runs on runs. Like I'm on my fucking damn near third run. I'm right. 33 years old, so it's like, you know, um, locking in on the sonics also allowed me to be able to fucking. Make, still make my music and make this shit harder than it's ever been. Like I feel like every song I do is just getting better and better. So, and I'm seeing people that I respect reach out like, "Yo, you, you really going on this shit? Like it's not just a beat. So, it's just music at the end of the day. It's crazy because, like you say, you've had some runs, right? Like I think we all know your first kind of run or introduction to everybody kind of knowing that who Hit Boy is mm -hmm. was Watch the Throne. Yeah, that era of working with Ye and mm -hmm. and um, in Paris is one of the most iconic songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You <laughs> ever know. like that? That wave <sighs> had to be like it. 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 Uh, you know, from there, you 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 was on. You know, working with Riri and mm -hmm. and there was that rock, Kendrick, a lot just of people. A crazy run. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt like at that time I was real close with my dude Lifted, who did Mercy, who was working mm -hmm. with Kanye. What what um shout out to the homie yeah but what um because why didn't we get more music with you and yay man bro look this is the thing and that's that's why it's another like it's another part that's you know my story that's disconnected because you gotta think about it bro I was signed to Good Music for two years right as a producer as a producer and I mean I produced you know Wish You Would with him and yep. Rose I produced Theraflu. Um, I produce um, Click. I produce Christmas in Harlem. I produce Niggas in Paris. Is that my Mortal Kombat on? <laughs> Let's turn that thing on. <laughs> Keep going. But so, so in Paris, Click. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, that's just a two year span. And let alone, like, you know, producing stuff like My God for Pusha, mm. producing yes. multiple songs on John Legend's album, producing songs on Big Sean's Detroit One. I had a, I had a beat on there. So just like I was doing, a, I did a lot of shit. No, you did do a lot. I just think span. that, like, once that two year span was up, it, it, was, it was almost like that was like it with y'all working together. I mean, you know, we both creatives. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We both just like. 
it was always something, but it's nothing but respect on my side, you know, as far as the creative goes. Like when you were signed with Good, was it like did they get first right refusal on your beats? Man, I mean, they would just take the hardest shit. So it was basically like that anyway. Right. Like, I mean, you know, it's funny, bro. At a point, I was like telling my manager, like, if it's not Yay, Jay, or Beyonce, like, don't book no sessions. Like, this was at for I don't, I can't think about how long I was on this way, but I was on that way for a while. Just like, you know, and that's something that's crazy to be able to even say. But you know, I guess this is why. When people want to call it a resurgence now Like it's just me spreading my sound out more And just locking in with more people And just dialing in, dialing in on just that level I guess Now the other wave that I was a really good big fan of And, and really close to um, Shout out to, to my dog's audio push I'm When you launched HS87 um, And really just went hard putting on your your yeah. area No that was another thing man Like you gotta understand I Fucking, I caught niggas in Paris, and I wasn't trying to make a niggas in Paris. That was just the type of music me and the homies did. Like one of my one of my niggas, Chili Chill, he had a beat. He had a song on the niggas in Paris beat. We was about to drop that on his mixtape right wow. before right before Don C hit me. Like, yo, send me the files. Like that was just a beat that I was like, whatever on. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, um, um, like you know, balancing that, balancing producing for high level artists, trying to do my own shit trying to like you know produce for audio push k roosevelt all the homies like that was just a lot for a fucking 25 year old to deal with and not having like the proper infrastructure so it just was me pushing myself every day and after a while you just get burnt out so you know i just had to really scale back and just get let me like let me just go back to being hit boy like no expectations no industry ass shit like i'm about to just make heat and i'm finna lock in is there anything you regret about um that that HS87 era, you guys made some amazing music. I think a lot of it was really slept on. I think, you know, Come As You Are by Audio Push, one of my favorite yeah, tapes. So, sure. um, and I just felt like you guys kind of, despite even being um, affiliated with Interscope at the time, I felt like they never really gave y'all like the the just do for, for mean, the for the level of music y'all were making. Was there anything? It's just like I said, man. I had so much going on, trying to you know remain hot as a producer. You know, get my artist hot, all that shit. But um, it ain't nothing I regret at all. Hell no. Like, you know what I'm saying? Being able to put on for the homies, get them opportunity, regardless of, you know what I'm saying, how everything panned out. Everybody's still doing their thing. Like, you for know sure. what I'm saying? So it's like, we all got to learn. I got to learn on a high level. You know what I'm saying? I caught that record. Jimmy Iovine just gave me a crazy bag and... Then, then I, the house that, of hit was but then, created. Then, but then that was it. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like this is how you do it. Whoop de whoop de whoop. He's like, and here's your front end bag. Now you figure it out. Yeah, exactly. So like, you know that's yeah. that's that's cool. But you know that's that was like going to like college, like for me. You yeah, know you guys saying? had a house in it in Cino that in Tar in Tarzana. In Tarzana, yeah, that was I had it cracking. It was crazy. Yeah. Everybody was in rooms working. Yeah, I had like five studios. Everybody was pulling up, working. But, you know, it also got to be too much. You know I what I'm saying? I, I, I'm yeah. Not, yeah, the parties yeah. were kind of cool. You know no, what I'm saying? No, for sure. The parties, parties were cracking for sure. <laughs> but just, um, yeah, bro, like, that's what led me to this point I'm at now. You know, just... I did that for years, like, having these home studios and just locking in and having people in and out and... I feel like me going crazy now was me like I'm about to go work by myself. I'm about to like just really go back to just hit boy and uh, you know I got I found a perfect room to lock in on. Within the first year, I won a Grammy out that motherfucker with Nit. Rest in peace, Rest Nit. In peace right to in Nit, the middle. Man. So, you know, it's just oh no, I just went back to being me like full blown. We also skipped over Surf Club that era, right? Exactly. Out, Surf Club, man. Surf Club, man. Surf Club, HS87, nigga, all that. That's, 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 nah, a, you, long you, as I'm alive, that shit is alive. The homies sure. is repping, I'm repping, like, that shit ain't never going nowhere. Like, it's just, you know, it's timing for everything. 100%, man. Um, all right, so let's, let's fast forward now. You know, obviously, you're having an incredible 2020. I think that, um, I've seen a lot of people eat shit during this quarantine Word. and a lot of people thrive. And I feel like you are thriving, my brother. Like, yeah, man, I'm blessed for sure, man. And this like, is all shit that's been in the works. Like you said, it's not like, you know, all yeah. like you made a conscious effort to like, nah, that, that go for like, you know what I said earlier in the conversation. Imagine if I was just, just a rapper, like I couldn't do no shows right now. Like I'll be on, on a different fucking, a lot of people depending you know on those back end club bags. For sure. So me being a producer, shit, niggas is still getting beats through email and they still pulling up 
doing safe sessions and shit, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? As, as safe as we can be and just, you know, fucking being a producer is the shit right now for sure. <laughs> Let me ask you this. With King's Disease, are you uh were you conscious of the fact that people have critiqued Nas for having a bad ear for beats? No, nah, for sure. But I mean, shit. That's just people always form narratives. That that shit is Listen, just, Nas is my favorite rapper ever. Word, yeah. So Nas is my that's number just, one. You know, that's just people talking, just saying what they gonna say. But at the end of the day, Nas then rapped on some hard ass. Oh, of course, too. Illmatic and I mean no, but I I do think that I do think that there was like an error in Nas's career where he was like definitely like Maybe giving Chris Webber a couple of beats on his album. Uh-huh, that's funny. <laughs> nah, I mean, you know, that that's where he was at in life. But at the end of the day, man, like I just knew it was a, a job of service like that. And I had to really, you know, I was putting on for a lot of people. And I know a lot of people wanted to hear him sound good. So, Dog, for you know, real. Like, you know. I feel like it's almost like you had a duty as like a participant in hip hop culture to be oh, like, well, yo, Nas, yeah. we going to make sure this shit is... Sure. Solid. I was on it every day, man. Like we, you know, what I'm saying, chopping it on the phone every morning. Like he giving his thoughts, I'm giving my thoughts. Like I'm updating songs by the day, adding production, taking away shit, just trying to make it sound, you know, what I'm saying as enjoyable as possible. And for it to end up being, you know, received on this level. And you know, I woke up to a fucking Facetime from Timbaland the morning the album dropped, and just the stuff he was saying. I'm like, yo, damn, this is really like. It's touching people on that level, you know what I'm saying? You you always hope that it will, but you for people know. on that level to reach out and just be like, yo, this shit is this shit is super hard, bro. Like, and like that's that's the win. Obviously, you and I was working together. At what point in time and and whose decision was it to be like, yo, let's let's do this whole shit together? Like, let's do a whole it, it was pretty fast, bro. Like once we once Cause we, he could have uh, been like, I just tried that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. With for Kanye sure. EP, yeah, yeah. And it didn't go. I mean, the energy, well. the energy was just right, bro. Like we was making, we was you, you hear the album, like them joints. A lot of them joints, like the skeletons, at least was being made within the first few sessions. Blue bins, you know what I'm saying? Fucking Car eighty five, like, Car eighty five, so crazy. You know what I'm saying before Charlie was even on it, it's just like, you know. We all we was tapping in and we felt like, yo, this is this shit feel different. And he just kept saying like, yo, I'm gonna just keep pulling up. And he kept pulling up shit. It's crazy because Nas has always, uh, people have always wanted to hear him do full projects with producers. Mm. Specifically Primo. Primo for sure. Primo's like the one that everyone's like, yo, well, we need that Nas and Primo no, album. No, I remember no, they're on the cover of that Scratch magazine back yeah, in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, you got it. Like, you got the whole Nas like, project and it came out incredible, man. Like, Thank you, bro. Yeah. Now, you and Sean's relationship, obviously, you guys have been working. Like you said, you were on the first Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been working with good music for so long. And it seems almost like, like I said, y'all been working. Like you said, you've been working on the, on Detroit, too, since 2018. Yeah. It just feels like y- he really trusts you. Man, and that's, you know, it's funny because I've... We've, we've had conversations and about me obviously making an album you're gonna go through ups and downs and i'm like nigga you gotta trust me nigga you got every like really going in on that fact and you know he like nigga you got damn near my whole album nigga i trust you you know what i'm saying so it's like um i don't know we just developed like we, we always was cool like i said we did click together back in the day did a joint on detroit uh, the first detroit and when we tapped back in, it was at the same time when I tapped back in with Nip. We met, we we all linked up. Like I seen them walking together, fucking chopped it with him. Told him like, I look, I got shit for both of y'all. Uh, Sean pulled up. We might have did like six, seven, just scratch ideas the first day he pulled up, and I'm like, oh yeah, this shit feel right. We got to keep it going, and we just kept locking in. Yeah, because I also feel like there's a lot of pressure on Sean, man. Like, you know, I, he tried putting out some singles that that. that you know, I feel like the right approach was to just drop the album mm-hmm. and let the people choose. But, you sure. know, Def Jam's going to try to throw singles out there. Like, yeah. he put out the Berserk record, which was fire. That, that shit went gold. But you know I'm saying that shit was fire. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, you know how these labels are? Like, oh, it's not working on radio. Yeah. Or, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, for sure. a single again was fucking fire. That's mm-hmm. got to be, that has, like, fucking, that shit is huge. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, I feel like with Sean, like, Kind of a similar space where it's like, yo, you can't name something Detroit too, yeah, and it's because not that. people, fans at least, kind of look at that as his best project. No, for sure. You know what I'm saying? And so for him to name that no, Detroit he, he too, he's conscious of that for sure. 
And it also seemed like it might have got to him a little. I mean, like the you pressure know, a little it's bit. It's all, you know, artistry is, is a crazy thing, man. Like it really can fuck with your head and your emotions. So, you know, but I mean, he, he you could you could hear in the album, like he's talking, he talking about growth. He's talking about, you know, the mental things that Bro, you know, all the shit he's been sure. through. And it's like, that's something that we, we should appreciate, man, because a lot of people are not laying that all out there like that. A lot of people are not being transparent in their music like that. Um, Deep Reverence, that record was obviously Sean's verse was recorded after Nipsey passed. Mm-hmm. Um, was that was that Nipsey verse going to be for Sean originally um, or was it how did that work out? We was just cooking, you know what I'm saying? Like the same time we had did Rex in the middle, he pulled up. um we did the first verse and he was like, man, pull something else up. Start, start, start going through beats, pulled up the deep reverence beat, loaded it up. He sat there, thought it out, did the verse. And um, again, he was like, shit, let's go to some other shit. So we just was flipping through ideas. And that was one that just was so happened to be sitting there um, one day. Me and uh, Sean was just having a real life conversation about a lot of the stuff that he talked about in, in deep reverence. And um, I was like, bro, you got to put this shit in a song, in the song. So I pulled up the nip joint. And I was like, this could be the perfect shit for you to just spaz on. And he went in. Was it hard? Like, cause I, you know, there's the interview clip at the end where he talks about wanting to work with Sean. Mm-hmm. Was it, how hard was it to get, you know, his fam to clear, to clear the verse? Was it? I mean, they show love for sure. Black Sam, like Steve, um, Steve O, like the whole squad, they just made sure it was A1. It wasn't, you know, too tough. I mean, me and Nip got a Grammy together, so it's like. That shit's crazy. They should know the, you know what I'm saying, that I'm, I'm, I'm taking care of the music for sure. Yeah, Racks in the Middle is uh all-time amazing record. Word. Getting that Grammy, bro, had to be like a bittersweet thing. You know what I'm saying? For Winning sure. that, but not yeah, having yeah. Nip there to have it with you. Nah, yeah, that shit was... um. It was dope getting the Grammy. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of people ask me, like, what, which one mean more out of, like, Niggas in Paris and Racks in the Middle. It's just, like, you know, they both mean a lot, but Racks, that shit just was, like, unreal, bro. Like, just seeing that whole play all the way through and it actually play out. It's no, It was no industry bullshit to making a record. It wasn't no A&R ass shit. Like, I put the record together Nip was fucking with it. He he, you know, it was his whole thing was like, I don't care who not fucking with this shit. I'm making sure it come out. Like his label was like fighting him. Like yo, it's another record by another artist coming out. You need to hold off and whoop de whoop. And he was like, man, fuck that. He was like, I went and banged on them niggas and made them put it out. So it's like for us to win a Grammy and then that other record not even be mentioned. It's like. Okay, I guess I do know something. You know, what I'm no, saying? it was funny because I remember when Nip put the record out. Like we, we, I was talking to him and he was just like, I was like, yo, so like, is this like on the album? And he's like, nah, it just it just feels like we like it just felt like we need to put this out, like, mm-hmm. and just see what it does because nah, it was sure. one of them records. Definitely, man. It was it was it was all time and man and all God. It just was a line. It was supposed to happen. Yeah, and also a record that really helped. You know, obviously Roddy was was doing his thing, but really yeah. kind of helped kick off Roddy's. You know commercial looks um when we talk about your run benny the butcher was here burden of proof you and him crazy uh your your uh just love with griselda has been lit you're on um conway's album Mm -hmm. the record he just put out with days um but yeah you and benny I remember I was so excited to see y'all in. Like last year, I hit you. I was like, "Bro, I gotta pull up here with y'all cooking." Mm-hmm. Like, because because Griselda is some of my favorite shit, and I and you're one of my favorite producers, and right. and I think it's like a a match <clears throat> that I I knew was gonna be fire, but it seems like you know, wait, Griselda yeah. and Hit Boy. I mean, What's this I sound feel like, like that that was with the Nas shit too. You know, people was like, "Man, I don't know what this is about to sound like." So for me to um, always have this versatile like mentality and just versatile sound and for people to think i only did club records that this was a perfect opportunity for me to dial in with artists who have that crowd that's going to be able to show like damn like hit really is that you know what i'm saying on all levels like you could do a like album i feel like any you know anybody can chase what's hot in the club right now but to make those timeless album cuts them Not timeless sure. records um what would like again i'm sure it was like 
you and Benny probably chopping it up, and then he comes through, and then it's like, oh, we should just do a whole project. Um, I mean, how did that? Yeah, I saw him come to LA. Um, we had never even chopped it. I just hit him like, bro, if you uh, if you got time while you out here, just pull up. I got some shit. He came through. First record we did. I'm like, this shit a classic. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? First song. So I'm like, we got to keep going. Once again, he kept pulling up. Before you knew it, we had an album, dog. Like it's really been simple math. Like just having that shit on deck, having some soulful, having something hard. Like just having different sounds and people they gravitating towards. You know what I'm saying? Without without it being some watered down shit. What do you think it is about uh, the Griselda shit, Benny Conway that? The chemistry between you guys is so natural. Being somebody who's traditionally looked at as somebody who's out at you know Cali, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And those guys are so extremely yeah underground East Coast mm-hmm. boom bap shit. I mean, I just fuck with music, period, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like whether it's some on the radio, whether it's some I'm hearing out on a random. Like I just fuck with anything that feel like something and feel you know feel like they doing it with intention. Like you know what I'm saying? Every bar, them boys is serious about this shit you know what i'm saying and you could tell and people who take the craft serious when you when they link up you know you're gonna get something beautiful nine times out of ten so i'm taking my shit serious the whole griselda they on they wave so you know we locked in um i know you just put out uh you put out two two of your projects you put out something with with dom mm-hmm. um in also, august also known as and then you put out the chauncey hollis project the chauncey hollis project before that yeah um, are you obviously? I just told you. I'm like, yo, man, these projects are fucking fire. You're looking, bro. Um, are you? By the way, that record you got with Thurs, we all going back and forth. Uh, it's crazy. Mood change. Good. Shout out, shout yeah, out that's to just Thurs, crazy. man, and Jan Sport J. Um, are you thinking about doing a Hit Boy album that is essentially maybe you participating in rapping somewhat, but kind of like a Almost like some compilation shit where you, some chronic shit. I mean, some chronic know, shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just working, bro. I don't really be. That's the thing. Even with these projects I'm putting together, like they so organic, and it's just like once I get in the room and and, it, and it's moving, like we start to form it naturally. So I can't call what's next, but I just know like I'm I'm cooking up records every day. I'm making beats. I'm recording. I'm doing all the above. So it's gonna line up eventually. Who um is is there how how, how about this? What's the other rapper that you have the most records in the cut with right now? Man, I got a gang of shit with Sean. I got a gang of shit with uh, my, my nigga T Grizzly. He's you and T Grizzly being that bro, dude for show. Is serious, man, bro. Hey, his fire. last his his last album you had some shit on that. That's his yeah. best. That's his best body of work. Man, he's I have five joints on there. You know what I'm saying? We got an album worth of shit though. Probably like two albums worth of music. So, you know, I just be taking it one day at a time and trying to run it up with niggas as much as I can. But T. Sean, um, Benny, you know, like I said, I'm just locked in. Um, I mean, obviously, me and Dom got a hundred records. Yeah, you and Dom, that's yeah, that's, that's that's family. That goes without saying. Mm-hmm. Talk about you and Dom's relationship. I feel like Dom has been. I feel like he's almost made the decision to like. I I don't know, man. I feel like Dom just be staying out the way. That's Dom, though. You know what I'm saying? He he, one of the most Cali niggas on earth. You know what I'm saying? So. He just he, he he be vibing just like on his own wave like and he don't care about no extras like he don't care about no industry shit he don't care about none of that so you know um when we linked I mean we we did music way back like from the West Side with Love the first right. one and all that so um for us to link like we linked like 2016 before we put out the first half a mil and. We just like was on a similar wave, like as far as to how we thought, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that bled into the music. That's why people hear our shit and be like, damn, y'all mesh well. I wouldn't think, but like, we think similar too, like, as far as like just being laid back, not really giving a fuck about the extras 100% and shit. So, you know, once we start locking in this half a mil shit, that put me in perspective, like, okay, like, this is how you make a project that, you know, feel like, uh, just like a moment Like something that people Could fuck with And that's something I always admired About his own shit Like when he put out An album It feel like From the artwork To the merch he doing Like the music It just feel Real Dom Kennedy You know what I'm saying So for me to lock in With all these other artists Now like I'm I'm just taking A lot of the stuff From you, you know Doing the half a mil albums And applying it To what I'm doing now mm. mm-hmm. Give me um, What's like your top 
two or three studio sessions ever. Just, just obviously, you know, I'm sure racks in the middle has got to be up there. But like in general, like you've had some insane situation. I mean, you just said I told my manager if it ain't Jay, Kanye, or Beyonce, like. I mean, obviously, racks making racks in the middle. That whole process was just fire from the time we started it till we got it mixed and put it out. Like that shit was just a moment. But um, going back, like when I first met Hove, that shit was crazy. What um, what what session was that for? That was a Watch the Throne session. I had been, you know, we was working out of the hotel in New York, the Mercer Hotel. Yep, yep, yep. So. I had been up there a few days, and I'm like, damn, is Hov going to come through? Well, I'm just fucking with Kanye every day. We making beats together. He recording all my shit. We just cooking. We was working on John Legend stuff. Um, we was just literally just cooking. A few days into me being there, mind you, it's like a snowstorm and shit, cold as hell. So I walked out to, like, walk down the block. Mind you, I'm freezing to get down there. As soon as I get there, I get an email from Ye, like, yo, you got to come back to the studio. So, like, Fucking walk back to the um to the spot and I walk in and Hove is just you know what I'm saying sitting right there and he was just cool as hell like you know what I'm saying I thought he, I thought like I had heard like you know what I'm saying like bro was like on some like mean type shit you know what I'm saying so for um him to be so cool that shit was just fly man like damn like you know and then we made niggas in Paris it's just like you can't even fucking write that <sighs> that's crazy. Hey, how many records uh, never that we never heard? Because there was this um, rumored sequel to the uh, Good Music album that was supposed to come out. I heard one song called Trash Bags that Lifted played me uh, that was like almost like a Mercy part two, but I'm sure there was so yeah, many. I feel like I do remember that Trash Bags. Yeah, yeah. It, had, it had the whole lineup. Yeah. It, had push, it had everybody on mm-hmm. it. I remember Pusha Pusha T had a line that was like body bags. I need my money in body bags. It was crazy, but nonetheless, uh, um, how many records did did you guys like? Did you have that were supposed to come out that ended up not ever? Nah, dropping? that's the thing, bro. Even with the whole uh, Watch the Throne shit, um, we had made other records in person, like you know what I'm saying. Like niggas in Paris was a beat I just emailed. The the records we was making while we was in the studio was. Uh, totally different They didn't even See the light of day They never I thought them songs Was going on Watch the throne Like niggas was hype on them Didn't make it And then it, this beat I just randomly emailed Ended up being like Damn near the biggest song On the album so Oh no 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 Not damn near so, Literally uh, the biggest yeah. song Of <laughs> Yo Do you remember like The first time you saw The reaction in the club To that song Hell yeah For sure Cause the reaction in the club To that record was like That's I when I was a- really on that I was just hype. I would be hyped To make a song And then go to fucking hide and Or wherever Was cracking at the time And, and just watch just them Bro up, that, that was one of them Few records We had them Greystone nights You could bring that record Back like eight times Back to back to back Like mm-hmm. not, Those happen like Once every like Ten years bro Yeah like that record, I remember you could play that bitch seven times in a row in the club. And yeah, for sure, and at the concert. Oh, they did do it at the concert, yeah, actually. They did that shit like 13 times. I know, I saw them in Vegas, and they. I think they did. Yeah, I think you were there in Vegas, too. Were you at, were you at the Vegas I, show? Uh, not for the Throne show. I was there for a whole You were show in L.A., for, though. I was in L.A., yeah. uh, Paris, New York. Yeah. Yo, that shit's crazy, man. Um, I want to get back to Detroit, too. I feel like... This album is is uh is is in the running for album of the year. Word. Um it's uh cohesively just incredible. You just mentioned that you and Sean have a lot of other shit. What like how hard was it picking the records and forming the cohesiveness of what the project ended up being? I mean, that's the thing about being an executive producer and then making records yourself. It's like, you know, you don't want to feel like you just bigging your shit up. You know what I'm saying? All the time. Like, so it's like, I just try to, I try to just teeter on the line. I'm going to let you know, like, nigga, this shit hard to the motherfucker. Like, the respected record. Like, that was a, early in the process. That was a record that wasn't even really thought about being on the album. You know what I'm saying? And then we just started locking in on it more. So it's like, it's certain, it's just certain moments where you got to know how to, you know, put, put the bid in for your shit, but also, you know, like, okay, this record by this person also makes sense. So I just try to you know, help as much as I can. But Sean knew what he wanted. He knew what it, he wanted it to sound like. So he really placed everything where he needed to be. I just was kind of like, you know, his extra ear. Hey, it came out. It came out amazing. Right. Was it, was it dope? Um, 
I feel like you kind of have a bucket list of guys who've rapped over your beats. Mm-hmm. You just did a whole fucking album with Nas. Eminem's on the Friday Night Cipher. Right, and we did Drop the World. Shout and you out did. Chasing I didn't even Cash. realize. Yeah, yeah, shout out. Yeah, Drop the and World. Shout out, shout out, Lil Wayne and shit. That which album? That was the rock album, right? Yeah, Rebirth. Rebirth. Oh, yeah. That was the best song on that album. Uh, that's hard. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's crazy because like the bucket list of artists that you've been working with is like like who's left. You know what I'm saying? Like as right. as far as the all time greats. Whoever trying to lock in, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't really, you know, I can't call it, man. I just be letting this shit flow and just let it happen. Yeah. I mean, you know, I wish Outcast was making music again because that would be a movie. No, you know what? I do think about that often. I'm like, yo, if I got. You and Andre. If I got Andre to my studio, like. Well, what could actually. What are the, what, what are the possibilities over. that could happen? I, I, I honestly have Insane. no clue. But if he came, bro. It'll be over with. Yeah, that would be that'd be special. Um, you just tweeted something uh, the other day. Uh, was it yesterday about all the records that you and Travis have together? Yeah, and like what? Which was that? Which which was everyone's favorite? You and Travis. Uh, I'm I'm assuming there's going to be more music in the future. Did you guys originally link up? In the good music days, like back back then, because I know he was around mm-hmm. Man, in that we, era. Uh, we linked before he even got wit or met Kanye. Like he was fucking with Killhoffer. Killhoffer was mixing my first song that ever dropped, which was Jay Z interview, my first rap joint, official rap joint. Yep, yep, was, yep. You know, um, he came to my session, and I was just like, um, we just chopped it. It wasn't too much, but it was like when we finally linked, I just was like, man, this kid is fucking. He got it. Like I just saw the visuals. I saw the sounds he was using. Like. Just the way he was approaching it, I was like, he a real artist. Like, he going to be straight in this shit for sure. And, you know, uh, for him to take it to this level, man. And it's like, you know, we, sh- I mean, bro, you see that lineup. You know what I'm saying? Come on, bro. You guys got classics, <laughs> bro. Classics. Which part of Sicko Mode did you do? I did the first part. Before, like, before it cuts into mm-hmm. Travis's part. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was gonna. Did you ever when you when you? I'm assuming you never heard Sci High's version of Sicko Mode until everyone else heard it. Yeah, I don't think I still even heard it. Oh yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> did the Travis part? Man, Sci High's a fucking goat. By the way, shout out oh, to him for sure, man. You know that's more good music. You and Travis got any other? Any? Are, I know he's working. Any? Are you? Are you? Uh, you know? Hey man, I'm just working, bro. I ain't. I can't put nothing out there, but you know, I fuck with bro. Um, I saw how big of a deal it was for you to have Dr. Dre shout out man, IE on, man. on a Nas Not album. Nas shouted out the IE. Dr. Dre, Dr. Shouted, Dre me out. He j- shouted you and out at the shit, end of that record. You know, like that shit just took me back, bro. Like I'm list- like to listening to fucking the Chronic when I'm 12 years old. Like still living in Pasadena, my family in the crib, literally with this shit on repeat all day. You know what I'm saying and. For him to, you know what I'm saying, lock in on my shit and shout me out and throw some bars on it, you know what I'm saying? On the firm reunion, by the way. Come on, dog. That record. Producer from Cali, young producer looking up to Dre. Hop on your shit, you know? That's just like movie shit. How, um, because did Nas know he wanted to do a firm reunion record? Like, did he come to you and say, hey, dude, I want to get everybody back together? Or did the beat kind of speak to him in that way? Nah, he had, he, um, we had the joint. He had did his part. And um, I just was like, man, we should get AZ on this shit. And I, as I told him once, and he was like, okay, for sure. And then I, I we played the song again. I was like, yo, let's get AZ on this shit. And he was like, you, you serious? I'm like, for sure. Sent it to him, dude, bodied that shit. And he was like, yo, I'm about to just throw the rest of the homies on there. And then after that, he um he just I guess he linked with Dre just like on some regular shit for them to chop it, and he ended up playing a joint and Dre hopped on that motherfucker right there. Yeah, even to hear Cormega on a song with Nas again is so crazy because they had like that big falling out and mm-hmm. Cormega's so fire. Yeah, and for sure. They all bodied it, man. Foxy, Foxy, of them. course. Did was there ever any um attempt to try to get Nature on on the record? Not that I know of. Okay, because I I mean Nature's the only guy from the firm that was missing. Or um, shout out to nature. Um, and then Dre was probably the last piece. I'm assuming, right? Oh yeah, he was. He he was the last piece added. 
That shit's crazy. Like Nas hit you like, yo, Dre. Dre's on the shit. Movie. What? Movie. Fire. That shit crazy, bro. King's Disease, Detroit 2. King's Disease. Chauncey Hollis Project is AKA out. AKA Dom Kennedy, also known as man, Fire. On, courtesy of Half a Mill. Squad, man. Detroit 2, King's Disease right now. Are right. you still uh, technically Rock Nation? Working with Rock Nation? They, they, they help me on the management side. Okay. Yeah. So on the management side, but like when you're dropping. Like no, when shit. I drop my solo shit, I just drop it independent. Just like, you know, going through the whole label shit. Like, I'm not trying to get involved in too much of that. I'm trying to really be able to control as much of my shit as I can. So whenever I feel like dropping, I could just drop. That's what I've been on. How important has it been? You talked about being a chalice where your studio is. How important has that location been? To everything that's going on right now Because you you said like people just pop in Yeah, and no, it's been beautiful, man Shout out to the whole, you know, staff, everybody They show love Um, Being there, I've been there two years now, bro And just like the amount of placements And not even just placements Like helping people, you know, put their album together And just all the energy Nip coming through, doing racks and doing deep reverence And leaving that energy in there Like that shit is just, it's been love And then people also you know, rent the other rooms out there. So, you know, I run into people. I lock in with people that just so happen to be there that day. I saw you say that you would you you said, would you believe it if I told you I, I sold how a million dollars worth of beats uh, this year? Yeah. Mm -hmm. A million dollars worth of beats in 2020. Come on, man. And this is <laughs> I think you you might have said this prior to King's disease even being out. I think I did. Yeah, because I feel like people aren't are, aren't like really hip to how much work like you got out there right that's not yeah. that's not what's what's going I on i mean since i said that damn there maybe 20 songs didn't drop that i produced so how like okay so how many when you say you made a million dollars with the beats what like because because we think of the old school days right where you would hear like we had scott storch in here and he said that the most he ever got for a beat was like a quarter million dollars yeah he was like but that was like the peak no, for sure. I mean, the most I ever got for one beat was like seventy five k. Seventy five. I ain't on no two fifty shit. But, you but what, what? Do you remember what beat it was? Yeah, for what, sure. I'm not, I'm not, it, it was. It wasn't even like. A, it was like for a fucking commercial. No, Storch said the same thing. Yeah. He said that the beat was a commercial. He was yeah. like, it was some commercial, and they mm -hmm. paid me two fifty and paid Timberland two fifty, and we produced the song for a commercial. I That's said crazy. what? Yeah. So it was for what? What? Com what fucking some commercial? Gatorade shit? Damn, a Gatorade commercial. That shit is crazy. Have you ever uh, sold somebody a beat and regretted it later? Um, I used to when I, you know, because earlier, like, that's why my volume is so crazy now because I was trying to tap into making, like, hard beats down there every time I sit down. And, you know, now that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just in that zone, like, um, back in the day, it was just harder for me to get shit off. So, um, damn, ask me the question one time. You cutting this up, right? Yeah, yeah, no, oh, okay, for sure. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I was, I was saying, have you ever sold somebody? Oh, a beat sold a beat. Or gotten, or, or, no, or, that's what I'm saying. Like that's what made me say that. Like, and when I, it. when I, when I just, you know, when I held on to every beat and it, it meant everything to me back in the day because I didn't make as many dope ones. Mm. Yeah. So, but now it's like, man, okay, I'll make another one. Like, you know, that's just how I feel about it. Yeah, because uh, I know I asked Scott. I was like, did you regret giving Hulk Hogan's daughter? A beat. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> that shit is hilarious. Um, one of the songs that I remember when you first played me, grinding my whole life was at your house. Mm -hmm. It was probably six months before it came out, and I remember thinking to myself, "This is the only song I've ever heard that gave me the same chills and vibes of of grinding from the clips. Word. Like it just was so hard, and like that's crazy. The whole fucking crew was on it." My pops was on it. Free, Your dad free was on hit, it. Free big hit. Um, that song though, the G Unit version, mm. blew up. You know, see, that's the thing, right? And I'll be thinking about this. I'm like, so instead of just like taking a nigga style, like Fifty should have just been like, "Hit hey boy, fucking make an album for us or come work with us." But it's like I think I feel like people think too small. You know what I'm saying? Like niggas, like, oh, I see they having a wave. They got a hard beat. They got a hard melody idea, vocal idea. Let me just take that and try to wave up on niggas versus being a real one and being like, I'm gonna hit this nigga and go make some hard ass. That's shit. what I was gonna ask you. Like, did did you have that's any sort of? Because that song was so, I know that was a very important song for your label and for your crew. For my life. For shit. your life. <laughs> All of that. Video was crazy. 
like did you have any sort of uh animosity towards the g-unit version i felt like people heard that beat and thought it was a g-unit song that mm-hmm. were outside of i mean being fans of what you were doing like yeah. obviously you know what i'm saying like at the end of the day, bro, you know, like I said, man, I, I feel like they was thinking small by doing that. You know what I'm saying? Because it didn't really even lead to nothing. Like, G, he just said the other day he want to forget about G-Unit. You know what I'm saying? And, like, I put my life on the line to make that record. Put my whole family, you know what I'm saying? Not my whole family, but all my homies and put my pops on it. Like, that was a, that was, that was, that was real for us. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't just like, oh, this is a hard beat. We just going to rap on this shit. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's where niggas be thinking. So, it is what it is. Um... I, you know, for people who don't know, you you said your dad's locked up again. Um, how's he doing? Everything. I mean, because you know, I always I mean, thought that was know, such a beautiful we, thing that you had him on on sure, the album. We, we communicate. We lock in. You know what I'm saying? We talk every other day, and you know, it's just an unfortunate situation. But you know, once he back on the streets, we right back on this shit. And then with the with the other everybody else who was a part of the crew, K Roosevelt, by the way, K Roosevelt is so fire. That nigga's. Fire, fire, sure. fire! Yeah, uh, audio push. Can't it's, money. it's timing, dog. It's timing, man. But I'm like, just saying, like, how's know? how's how is it? I mean, I, I you know I talk to Price and and, and uh, Octane a lot, but yeah, how is everybody? Is everybody still you know kosher? Everything still, still everybody, lovely. Everybody still putting their music out. K Rose, he putting merch out, putting music out. He's doing his thing. Audio push. They locked in. Um, yeah, all the homies, Kent Money, you know that's my dog. So he was on your project, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, on Chauncey Hollis' project. So you know, for sure. Um, any chance? Let me ask you this: When you see like, as a producer, there's very like you'll see people come and go a lot, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like more, even maybe even more so than rappers. I don't know. There's been a lot of rappers that have come and gone in the last five years. But producers, I feel like it's like a year to two years, right? And then usually they're sad because they have a, such a sound that yeah. they're, they're out of here, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, they, you know, they, they got a cool 18-month run, and then it's like, well, what happened to those guys? Mm-hmm. Well, now there's the new producer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like for sure. Is that something that you're self-conscious of and aware of because you've never had a sound per se that was like, like you said, people would say to you like, ah, hit boy, you know, I don't know if I want to hear him with Nas because he's just making club Mm -hmm. shit. But like, that's not the case if people really have been paying attention to what you do. But like, are you, are you an observer of the landscape of other producers and kind of like where people fuck up? You know, I always, you know, in... I peep the game. I'm a real student of this shit. I'll be watching as much of it as I can. And I, I I never looked at it like it would give me longevity if I stay versatile. I just looked at it as from a creative pros, you know, perspective. Like I just wanna be, you know, different every time. Like I don't wanna have a sound, but I never looked at it like the sound burns out anyway. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I had moments of like I would envy certain like you know, producers when it's like, damn, they shit connecting so hard. But then I might have had bigger records than them, but it's like it didn't connect as much because it was no tag. You didn't hear that you know tag what I'm saying? shit. You didn't hear certain people shouting me out in interviews and bigging me up like that. So it just was a more of a just real grind with my shit. It wasn't like a, a autopilot type thing. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like certain art, you know, produce like you know, like a muster. Like that shit is like fucking autopilot like you know what you finna get you know what i'm saying as far as like when he was on his initial run when he was on his west coast you knew you was finna get you knew what you were gonna tiger get. fucking yg had, no no mustard had to evolve type, you know so, he had to and most know, people don't for sure yeah when mustard yeah. first came out it was like like you said it was the, the 100 beats per minute mm-hmm. it was you know it, you knew his sound and, and i i gotta give it up to mustard because he, he he definitely modernized it for sure because he could have burnt out for sure he could have man and, and he, he he switched up and like shit. The fact he's got LMA and you know Ten Summers he's is doing it, man, for sure. The, the te- producer tag thing. I always wonder this, right? Because I'm like, yo, I almost feel like because you initially didn't have a tag. Crazy thing is on my first placement on the J Lo album, I had a tag. I whispered Hit Boy in the beginning, and then I stopped using that shit. So you, you yeah, but your bigger records initially for sure. There was no tag on my first beat. I sold in 07, Yes, but then after that. No tags f- in, until fucking 
damn near 2018 type shit. Wait, so your first beat you ever sold was a J-Lo record? Yeah. Did you meet J-Lo? I still never met her to this day, and this was 07. Damn. Yeah, that's my first beat I sold. That shit is crazy. So if you see this, holla at me, man. Come say what up. Nah, but I was going to ask you, because there's other producers that don't have tags, like uh, Louis Bell, who does a lot of the Post Malone stuff. Like, what is, like... Do you feel like you kind of have to have a tag nowadays because Hell it's... Hell no, nah, you don't got to have no tag, but it's just good for branding. You know what I'm saying? I, I was trying to get my brand up because I felt I felt like my brand fell so far behind because of shit like that and not connecting it all the way. So I'm like, let me just find an easy way to just connect my shit now. And it's working out. It is working out. Or is, is it Hit Boy on the Beat? You got to go dessert? That's one it, of them. Or is it the Hit Boy? Both of them. <laughs> Yo, um, I'm looking. All right, so I'm looking at the track listing with all the producers, right? Mm. Cool and Dre's on here, which is crazy. No ID. Mm. Mustard's got some on here. Mm. Um, these records that that are you're co-producing with, right? Let's say like a record like uh. By the way, the Wolf song is crazy. I don't think you produced yeah, that, that. Shit, shit is hard. crazy. Yeah, shout out Day Trip. That shit is crazy. Um. But like, what is the being an executive producer? I don't think people understand what that means anymore. Yeah, you know I mean, what I'm saying. Like I said earlier in the conversation, man, just having them, you know, difficult conversations and trying to, you know, just give my opinion on as much as I can without being biased or without being emotional about it, without being selfish about, you know, how many songs I got on it. I'm just like, I I just want to give my opinion to where this could be the best possible you know project because sean he was he was zoned in he was focused you know what he wanted so i just was like there trying to be a second ear and add as much you know as information as i could for sure um what do you see the rest of the year looking like after after benny the butcher shit man ain't no telling bro ain't no telling i got more sessions lined up you know some r&b stuff some pop stuff who do you want to work with bro Whoever want to work with me, shit, and who really serious about making music. But right? I'm saying, like, who do you want to work with? Like, who are you a fan of that you haven't worked with yet? Man, I can't call it. I mean, shit, bro, like, fucking, I want to do an album for Kendrick Lamar. You know what I'm saying? I want to do an album for fucking Jay-Z. I want to do an album for plenty of people. But it's like, you know, I already work with these people, too. But yeah. if I can get an album with Kendrick, I can get an album with Jay-Z. Like, you know, that'd be lovely. Or even, even yeah, I know Kendrick was just shooting a music video. I seen that. I know he about to. Go <laughs> you know crazy. he about to melt the whole game. <laughs> he about to go on one of them them twelve months runs and then mm -hmm. just disappear for three more years. Mm -hmm. What about on some pop shit? Like I think, like I feel like you and Post would make some fire shit. Like oh, for sure. Like I said, man, whoever open the work, who really serious about music, man. It's lit. Hit boy. One hundred bootleg Kev. You already know. Go get uh, everything this guy's working on. Really, Kings man. Disease, Detroit 2, a.k.a. Chauncey Hollis Project. You already know. Chauncey Hollis Project is fucking fire. Thank you, bro. Um, and I appreciate the fact that you're still on your rapping shit, man. 100. Yeah. Because you can rap your ass off. And I, I feel like you're improving, man. I am, bro. My, every beat I do get better. Every rap I do get better. That's my whole. You're the shit. only. I always tell this to everybody because you'll be in the. You you could go into any studio session with a producer, no matter who the fuck it is, and they'll play be playing beats. And there's gonna be a few that you're just like, yeah, I'm not feeling that, one. bro. I've never been in a session with you, dog. You ain't <laughs> never played no whack shit ever. Nah, for sure. Good. It's all like. <laughs> this look like ooh, appreciate this it, shit is crazy. <laughs> Boom! Well, look, shout out to my guy Hit Boy. Go support it. everything he's got going on. Are they, you got any sort of merch or anything? I ain't got no merch, but I'm locking in on it though. I have some soon. Got to get that Hit Boy merch. Sure, y'all, because y'all had the HS87 shit going up. Yeah. I, I was still mad I ain't never got none of that fly shit y'all yeah, had man, five years ago. you had some, but <laughs> it's all good. We're going to get it back going. Boom. There you go, man. Hit boy. Bootleg Kev. It's lit. 100. Perfect.
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.